Hey friends, this is Mario J. Radford. I'm the pastor of Growth Point Church, and this is our podcast. I pray that it connects, leads, and maybe introduces you to a growing and life-changing relationship with Jesus. Now let's go into the message. All right, let's raise our, make our Bibles, raise our Bibles, our iPhones, everything. Thank you, musicians. Thank you all for what you've done. Y'all have done double duty, but I appreciate you very much. Uh, let's go ahead and let's make our confession on the count of three. Let's say it together all over the room. Say it so loud, it feels like a dome in here. Let's say it. One, two, three. Let's go. This is Gus. Yeah. Come on. What you said? What? Come on, church. Y'all sound like y'all ready. Come on. All right, Ephesians, the second chapter. I've been in a series called um, Belong, and I'm going into this uh, third week, I think, of this series. Um, and it says this, And you were dead in trespasses and sins in which you walked and reigned, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all, someone say we all, we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, caring about the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, someone say, but God. Y'all didn't say it right, say, but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us hallelujah even when we were dead in trespasses he made us alive together with christ by grace you are saved it's not that you did anything it's not that you're so great but it's by grace you are saved hallelujah and he raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in christ jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. I want to talk from the topic today, and maybe you can help me say it. Look at someone around you and say, I'm not where I started. Looking at someone else, say, I'm not where I started. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. Um, Lord, I'm not smart enough to do it without you. I need you. I need you more than anything. Think with my mind, speak with my mouth. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. God bless um, uh, Reverend Newby as well and Sister Newby. And um, also Shane Pippen had a book that came out recently called The Other Prophets. So make sure that you all support his book called The Other Prophets. I want to do that. All right. Y'all ready for the word? All right. I'm going to preach it. So come on, put my, my picture up real quick. Yeah. So I'm going to go here, start here. It's going to be the best way for me to start. So my hair is not where it started. So I just want to start there, clear that. So a few weeks ago, um, um, my barber was not around. So because he wasn't around, I had to go to the next best thing went to the next best thing and what happened was he messed up um, praise god messed up my line messed up my beard did a whole lot in a short time i was immediately humbled by this experience so what happened is i was in denial that he had messed it up so this week when i saw my barber again you know i was still trying to function as if nothing was wrong. My barber said, <laughs> what happened while I was gone? Told him what happened. He said, you know, in order for it to grow the way it needs to grow, we're going to have to start all over. And I said, and what does that mean? He said, we're going to have to cut it off. I said, oh, no, you're not. He said, you can walk around in denial and you can look like everything is right, but everybody's gonna see something's wrong, or you can cut it off and start over. I was sitting there thinking about that thing, 
and I thought about the things that God has had to cut off from me in order for me to grow effectively. And how I tried to deny and act like everything was fine, try to act like it was cool, but everything was pointing to the fact that I needed to start all over. I want someone to just look around you and say, we got to start all over, start all over. The thing about my hair, though, is this going to grow back. Give me a few weeks, I'll be back. But I had to go through a temporary inconvenience so that I could get what I needed to get because I've seen, this is the interesting part, Brandon, don't preach me. I've seen what it can be. So because I've had a glimpse of it, I know that I can get back there again. It's something about once you've seen what you can become that will cause you to experience something temporary because you know what you can be. <laughs> Is there anybody who's had a glimpse of what you can become in the room? So when we look at this particular text, and I, I know that that might not have seemed like a lot to you, but it was to me. Take that off the screen. I don't want to look at that anymore. Uh, but when we look at this particular text, and Paul was writing this, and as Paul was writing this scripture, he was writing this to basically the Gentiles who were becoming believers or followers of the way. As we talked about last week, I talked about Gentiles, and I'm coming back again as we found out that the Gentiles were not um, the chosen people, but they were brought in because of God's love. And here Paul speaks to them, and uh, he's basically writing to them, and he's explaining to them in this text, and even a lot in the book of Romans, he's explaining to them how God turns sinners into saints. I want you to stop calling yourself a sinner when God does not call you that. Many times you're calling yourself stuff that God does not even call you. When you look at scripture, every time he talks about the redeemed, their name is called saint. And many of us are always talking around, I ain't no saint. Why? The Bible says you are. It is not based on my accord, but it's based on what he said I am. I know myself, but obviously he saw something more than what I saw and called me a saint. Will you look at someone around you and say, you're a saint? Now, the thing is, I don't always act saintly. But that doesn't mean that my nature or my identity is changed just because I don't act according to my identity. So he goes on and he opens this and he says to them, and this is important because I want to talk about as I'm where, you know, I'm not where I started. I want to talk about for all of us first, and I, I hope I'm just going to teach this and, and I might raise up, but I don't know, but I just want to talk about this. And I actually, Caesar, I don't know if you've ever studied something before and I was trying to preach. I got so excited. I wanted to preach the whole chapter of Ephesians too. It's, it was so good to me and I had to break it up. So I might pick it back up next week uh, and just call it something else. But, but when I look at this, I want to talk to you first about um, how it started, how not just it started, but how we started or how you started. Because according to this first uh, verse one of chapter two, he says, and you were dead in trespasses. You were. Someone say I was. He says you were. This, this scripture is not talking about anybody else but you. So this is not a scripture where we get to, this is not a message where we get to text someone and say, I wish you were here. No, this is for us. You were dead. I was dead in trespasses and, and that when the trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world, that, that world, uh, that, that word there says you were dead in trespasses comes from a Greek word called partasium, a uh, partasian, uh, which means that you were dead in false steps. Trespasses means partasium, which is a Greek word, which means steps, false steps. Have you ever stepped wrong? Well, you intended to do good. You intended to step right, but you made a false step. He says you were dead in false steps and sins. The word sins means it comes from a word that, that has the connotation means that you missed the mark. He was talking about those in the Greek time that when they would have an arrow, they would try to shoot it. But oftentimes they would not hit the mark. Yesterday I was at the battle of the axis and it seems like I never could hit the target. But that's how sin is, is that you mean to do well, but sometimes you don't hit right. 
And sometimes you aim, but you don't aim right. There's a scripture over, uh, Paul talks about this in Romans, the seventh chapter. I alluded to it last week. He says that when I would do good or when I would aim right, evil is always present. So I find myself in a battle that I'm trying to do good, but the good that I don't, the good that I want to do, I don't wind up doing, but the evil that I don't want to do is what I wind up doing. So I find this battle going on within myself, meaning that I was dead, dead to trespasses, false steps and sins, meaning that I couldn't even live right if I wanted to. That's how it started. Someone say that's how it started. So what that means is basically how it started was I was naturally rebellious. Naturally, like without even trying to be. My natural state was rebellious. And when I say me, I'm talking about all of us, Gentiles, all of us who came in. Our natural state was rebellious, meaning we were all rebelling against the nature of God, trespassing according to the course of this world. The, the world comes from a Greek word or the Germans use this word. And I'm trying to give you all a lot of words for you to explain it uh, called zeitgeist. Uh, zeitgeist is basically a word that means the, 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 the patterns of this age or the spirit of this age. The course of this world means I was dead in false steps and in sins, missing the mark, according to, how was I missing the mark? Because I was following the course of this world. What was the course of this world? The course of this world was basically I was following the tutelage of another teacher. The course of this world means those who had certain information, those who had certain systems, those who had certain thoughts, had certain opinions, had speculations and basically hopes. That reminds me of Facebook. I was governing my life based on speculations, hopes, false pretenses, people's opinions, people's likes or not likes, people's shares or not shares. So basically every day I was going out and I was seeing where the world was going and wherever the world went is where I went. So I was dead in my trespasses, dead in false steps. I was dead in sins. I couldn't miss the mark. And then it goes on and says, and I was following the course of the world. Basically, whatever the world did, whatever was popular, that's where I went. If there was a popular group, I wanted to be a part of it. If somebody was preaching a popular message, I was going to be a part. That's what Shane's book about is about the other prophets. It's to say there are a lot of people who are authentic prophets are not prophesying cars, houses, or somebody else's spouse. Real prophecy, real word does not always tell you what you want to hear. We have a group of pastors now who are popular, but not pleasing to heaven. So you can be popular in likes, but never be saying what God is saying. God's word is not always popular. That's why my vow, according to the scripture, when I got saved and when I got called and I said, yes to God, I would preach. Reverend Newby, one of the scriptures they said to me is be instant in season and out of season. What that means is preach when the church is full, preach when the church is empty, preach in COVID, preach when it's in health, preach when people give, preach when they don't, preach when people shout, preach when they don't, preach when people comment, preach when they don't. Be instant in season and out of season because I'm not calling you to the crowd, I'm calling you to the call. Be obedient to the, be obedient to the call when the crowd changes. We used to sing the song a, a long time ago in the church. We used to have choirs a long, long time ago. And we had choirs and robes. We used to sing the song. We would say, order my steps in your word. Lead me, guide me every day. Send your anointing, Father, I pray. Order my steps in your word. Then it would go on and say, the world is ever changing. But you remain the same. Please order my steps in your word. I don't know if there's anybody in this room who you look around at the people who are with you. And it seems like your friends are constantly changing. Your circles are constantly changing and they can't seem to be, they can't seem to be set in themselves. But he says, I want you to remain the same. So he says you were dead in trespasses and sins. And once you once walked, this is once walked, this is telling the story, how it started. I was naturally rebellious. He said, following these different things. And who was I following? I was following the prince of the power of the air. Who is the prince of the power of the air? Who is the prince of the power of the air? Who is it? Satan. But where is the air? The air is the dimension between heaven and here. It is the area of which humans dwell. 
That is the area of which you are fought every day. Because the enemy is the prince of the systems of this world. If you don't think he's the prince of this world, when is the last time you've seen a show that they said was for families that was actually for families? When is the last time you watch something that you didn't have to turn it off 15 minutes into it and say, is, what is this? According to the prince of the air, there are certain, oh Lord Jesus, I feel I'm really deep. There are certain mountains that the enemy tries to control, media, entertainment, air, whatever he can do, whatever he can to control. And some of you say all it is is a beat. And that's what we used to say when I was growing up. I ain't listening to the words, I'm listening to the beat. But after a while, you start listening to the beat long enough until it beats you. And the thing you were beaten to starts beating your identity and all of a sudden you don't know where you are because the beat was only there to get you because music has a way of invading your, invading your mind without your permission. I hope this is not too deep for you. Where you think you were just listening to something to put you to sleep. But all of a sudden you don't know why you wake up with the attitude. But because while you were asleep, something was pumping in your head and pumping in your mind. Or you thought it was just a show and it wasn't that big of a deal. But now all of a sudden you don't understand why you're starting to think things that you would have never thought before. But there is a prince of the powers of the air who's trying to control your mind so that you no longer want to think about God anymore. Where this used to be a very sacred hour. This used to be a sacred moment where people would come in and honor the presence of the Lord. Now it's to a place where it doesn't almost matter anymore because the prince of the power of the air has controlled and is trying to control the system into the place that according to the Near East in the ancient time, it says they believed, they believed that it was the residence of evil spirits. And what he was talking about is in the Ephesian church, he says before they were believers in Christ, they lived under the influence of the world. The powers of the air are the ruling principle. Hear this. They are the ruling principles by which unbelievers are governed. That is important because some of us are wasting your argument on people who are controlled by another spirit. You cannot argue with an unbeliever because they are controlled by another spirit. That's why 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature. Old thoughts, old ways are passed away. And now, can I teach today? He says, now I am become new. Some of you are sitting here saying, I don't know why my cousin acts that way. Why? Because the prince of the power of the air has their mind. When I got saved, he restored my mind. That's why David said, created me a clean heart and renew the right spirit. Because if you don't renew it, I'll go back to my naturally rebellious ways. If you don't change me, I'm going to go back to what I was before you. Because it doesn't take much for me to go back to who I was. Someone say it doesn't take much. I was naturally rebellious. I was emotionally driven. It's one thing for me to be naturally rebellious, but then I'm emotionally driven. Could it be that half of the decisions that are not working in my life is because my emotions did it? Could it be that I'm governed by my emotions and not by truth? Could it be that I'm always walking around trying to see how I feel? But according to the scripture in verse 3, I hope you haven't closed your Bible, closed your app, closed your phone, whatever you got. Verse 3 says, among whom we all lived in the passions of our flesh. Somebody say everybody. everybody. I was governed by the passions of my flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and of the mind. That means everywhere I went, whatever felt good, I did. How do I... Whew. trying to correct wrong is really difficult because the prince of the air is trying to fight against it. But yesterday, the other day, I was substitute teaching somewhere 
and I had called the uh, I had called the um, the attendants out, and um, I said, you know, uh, search someone's name, and the person came to me after I got through saying the attendants, and they said, hey, you called me Diana, but I'm just using that. You I, you called me Diana, but I would prefer to be called Jack, and that was how I looked. I said, okay, and they went to go sit down. And I thought about that. And we're in a culture now that if I don't feel like Diana, I don't have to be Diana. If I wanna be Jack, I'll be Jack. If tomorrow I wanna be something else, I'll be that. Because whatever I feel is what I can be. And according to that, it is antithetical according to the word. But when we say it's not in the word, then we say God doesn't love us. God hasn't changed his love for you, but his standards have never changed. This is hard truth. I'm trying to tell you and I'm not trying to. I'm not. I'm just, for some of you who say, well, I was born like this. You probably were. That's why Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again. So maybe the issue is that you were born like that. But the real issue is that you haven't allowed God to burn born you again. Maybe you're like Nicodemus saying, shall I crawl in my mother's womb again? He said, no, I don't want you to do a fleshly thing again. Because a fleshly thing is what got you here. This birthing is going to come by my spirit. And you need my spirit to break off the demons that are trying to control your mind. You don't need another flesh. You need my spirit. Someone say, I need a spirit. For the demons I face, I need a spirit. Because flesh got me here, but spirit's going to get me out of it. Someone say, I need a spirit. Oh, Lord, this is a hard truth. I know. I know it is. He says, but we all, we all walked. I feel Jesus, even though some of y'all are resisting it. But this is all. This, he said, upon my church, I will. He said, upon this rock, I'll build my church. He can't build his church on a lie. He can't build his church on a lie. God's word does not change because I don't want to line up with it. Just because I don't believe it, don't mean it ain't the word. We used to say in the holiness church, he said, he said it's holiness. It's only holiness or it's hell. That's only two ways. What that means is follow Jesus. You got to follow Jesus or follow the prince of this power of the air. It's only two choices. And what happens is for those people who don't want to believe it, it's an open book test. And at some point in your life, you're going to stand before God. And the only thing he's going to ask you is, what did you do with Jesus? That's the only thing he's going to ask you. He's not going to ask you how you lived. He's not going to ask you who you were with. He doesn't ask you how you, he's not going to ask you that. He's going to ask you, what did you do with Jesus? And according to how you answer that will determine where you go. I, hear me. I don't want you to be fought by hell and then die and go to hell preachers don't even preach about hell anymore because now we have we have movies and shows on netflix where the demon is now an actor the devil is now an acting role so now instead of casting out spirits we we sit in netflix and chill and watch spirits Jesus. So now it entertains me. So now I can't cast it out because I think it's my friend. And that devil wins Academy Awards. And that devil wins Emmys. And that devil wins Oscars. And we applaud it. And we say it because everybody likes it. But I don't want to be where everybody is. This church might be empty next week. Someone say, give me truth. I got to have it. Sorry, Angie. I got to have truth. He says, we all once walked according to that. And it goes on and says, and we were by nature children of wrath. All of us by nature. My nature. 
I was not only in a place where I was, uh, I was not only in naturally rebellious, I was not only emotionally driven, but I was also mindlessly wondering. Well, I couldn't even focus my mind. They told me I had ADHD, it wasn't that. I just couldn't find out which sin I wanted. Had so many options. Couldn't figure out which one was for me. So sin became like Baskin Robbins. Well, there were so many flavors. I couldn't figure out which one I wanted. Did I want to be him, her, or did I want to be they? I couldn't figure out which one. So I went everywhere and did whatever I could do because the flavor was there. And the enemy, well, oh, this, is, whew, this is heavy. I know it's heavy. And some of y'all say, this is not normally how this goes. And it is not. But God is calling for his church back. And the thing is, and this is what happens, the devil will always serve you what you normally order. The enemy will never serve you something you don't normally order. If you go to the bar, they know what you order. You can't blame the devil for stuff you ordered. You can't be in one group fed. Okay, you can't. Hold on, let me make this same, same, uh, plain for y'all. You can't text them, him, whoever, and say, "Come over," and then be in another group thread and say, "Here he is calling me again." Don't front to the group, but entertain the devil. We front with the group. And, act, and you know what I have learned, Caesar? This is what I have learned. Some people can't celebrate you publicly because they privately talk about you in other groups. So you cannot celebrate me publicly if you talk about me privately. I meet people in Walmart all the time who talk about, I can't wait to come to Growth Point. Lie, devil, you ain't never coming because you talk about me privately so you can never own me publicly. Someone just say, ouch. It's the truth. If you ever wonder why you never get a public compliment, you can't get a public compliment if they privately tear you down. My mind is naturally wondering. Oh, Lord, this is, whoo, Lord, someone, security, come take me home. They can't take much more. He says, here it is. He says, we were by nature in a state before Christ missing the target. But this is the encouraging part. Because it's not just me. Romans 3rd chapter verse 23 says this. For all have sinned. All have sinned. All have sinned. All have sinned. Thank you, Matt. I asked the question. I said, Lord, what is the Greek word for all? And I said, what is the, the Hebrew word for all? Because Sterling, I like to be studious. The scripture tells me to be a student of the word, rightly dividing the word of truth. And I, I looked up the word all and I kept looking for it. And I spent time with God for seven days fasting and praying. I said, Lord, reveal to me the deep treasures of your word. What does all mean? God spoke down through 42 generations, came to a virgin Mary, came to my doorstep in Nicholasville, rang the doorbell while I was asleep. I went to the door opening and said, yes, Lord. He said, I came to answer your question. I said, Lord, your servant hears. He said, all means all. I said, yes, Lord, I'll tell the people. So for those of you who think you can judge people for stuff you don't do. Just because you haven't got found out don't mean you don't fit all. Just because it hasn't been exposed doesn't mean you don't fit all. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory. What does it mean to fall short of the glory? It means I'm not always thinking about his glory. My aim is not always giving him glory. That's what it means. 
that I'm not always interested in giving him glory. My choices don't always measure up with him getting glory. All of us. Someone say all of us. Someone say it again. All of us. Now high five three people and say you too. Say you too, boo. You. You too. Yeah. You don't get to look at me that way. You. You boo. You. You stink too. All of you. All of us. Took 20 minutes for me to make you feel bad. But I got to go on from there. That's how it started. We all started like that. And there's a lot of people who what happens is because of how you started, you think you can't go beyond that. So because of how it started in your life, you think that that's all there is to you. But that's not what the Bible says. He says, all of us were children of wrath. All of us were mindlessly wondering. All of us were rebellious by nature. All of us, all of us, all of us, every last one of us, everyone. He says, but that's not how it is. It goes on. Another scripture says, but God. If I had a church, somebody might be running down New Circle Road right now. He says, but God. Someone say, but God. So that's how it started. But this is how it's going. It says, but God, someone say, how it's going. He says, but God, oh, I feel like preaching. He says, but God being rich in mercy, rich in mercy. Oh, he never runs out. Oh, he never runs out. I wish somebody would praise God that he's never runs out. He said, but God who is rich in mercy. If you've never needed mercy, you can't shout about it. If you've never needed another chance, you can't shout about it. But if you ever needed mercy, you can lift your hands and say, I serve a rich God who has never got tired of giving me another chance. I don't deserve it, but he keeps giving me another chance. I don't deserve his mercy, but he keeps giving me his mercy. I don't always pray, but he keeps loving me. But God, who is rich in mercy. Why is he rich in mercy? Because of his great love. The shot, he loves me. I know he loves you, but oh, he loves me. How it's going is, I'm richly loved. Someone say, I'm richly loved. I'm not broke love. I'm richly loved. I've seen broke love, but I serve a rich God who loves me. That he never gets tired of giving me another chance. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, his mercy comes from a wealthy place. That he never runs out of mercy. Whew. I wish someone said he never runs out. He richly loved me. Verse 5 says that even when I was dead in trespasses. Told you about false steps. Even when I kept messing up. Even when I kept going the wrong way. Even when I kept doing stuff. He made me alive together with Christ. I'm trying to tell you belong is what I'm trying to tell you. I know what you started as, but how it's going is now, not only are you richly loved, but you are spiritually alive. Whew. You're not only richly loved, but you're spiritually alive. Y'all miss that because verse one says, and you who were dead. How is it that I was dead in one sentence, but a few verses down, I'm alive. I want you to tell somebody, don't you dare sleep on me. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. Don't you dare have my funeral too early. You tell the printer, we're not printing those programs because I decided to live. Somebody say it out loud. I decided to live. I decided that life was worth living. I decided that this was not the end of my story. I decided that it wasn't over yet. I decided that trouble don't last always. I decided that I was not going to stay in my wrong. I decided that there's another chance for me. Somebody say I decided to live. I wish I had a church in this room with your weed self live, with your whoremonger self live, with your, with your creeping self live. You live. Somebody say live. Don't you dare say where you were. Don't you dare say in rebellion. Don't you dare say in that natural state because God's got a plan. You just got to go a few verses down. I'm richly live, richly alive. 
I'm spiritually alive, excuse me. And this is what the part, this is the part is, you know, you know this word in, in, in Northside. He says, he made me alive, he quickened me. PJ Mel might not know the word quicken. The quicken means, I know we know it in the sanctified church, we're like, well, I had a quickening. The quickening is not that. Means that I was in my natural dead state. But with his love, he took my dead state, laid his hands on my dead state, and he resuscitated me. He took my dead state, resuscitated me. They had put the covers over me, walked out the room, said it was over, but God went into a dark room. God went into a dark room, took the covers off of my body, took the finger of love, put it on my heart, and said, live boy, live boy, live boy. Somebody say, God touch me. Somebody say, God touch me. God touch me. It's not that I think I'm better than you, but he touched me. It's not that I know more scripture than you, but he touched me. It's not that I'm a better person than you, but he touched me. It's not that I didn't sin like you, but he touched me. I shouldn't even be here, but he touched me. I should be dead, but he touched me. Somebody open your mouth and thank God for a touch. Had he not touched me, I wouldn't be here. Had he not brought me back to life, I would have been dead. <laughs> but I feel like Mace, welcome back. <laughs> welcome back. <laughs> welcome back. <laughs> Out of the ashes, I'm rising. <laughs> Out of poverty, I'm rising. <laughs> Out of sin, I'm rising. <laughs> I don't want you to stop yet. <laughs> I don't want you to give up yet. <laughs> Come on, my Angelo. <laughs> I want you to feel yourself still I rise. <laughs> still I rise. <laughs> still I rise. <laughs> Matter of fact, everybody hop up all over the room and say, I'm rising up. Come on, everybody hop up all the room and say, I'm rising up. I've been sitting there too long. I'm rising up. I'm rising up. I'm rising up. I'm starting to live again. I'm starting to breathe again. I'm starting to hope again. I'm starting to believe again. I'm spiritually alive. Maybe seated if you can. So I'm alive. I'm alive. I'm alive. Woo. Let me get out of that. Let me get out of that. Let me get out of that. I'm alive. I'm alive. If you ask me why I'm alive, I'm alive because there's more. I'm alive because there's more. There's more to me than this. There's more to me than what you see. I feel like Transformers. I'm more than me, say I. Yeah. So, been spiritually alive, quickened me, raised me up. Oh, Jesus. Quickened me made us alive this is the part i want you to miss this he made me alive together with christ don't want you to miss that part i'm not alive on my own he made me alive with christ you might have missed that part because romans 6 chapter verse 3 through 4 says i'm almost through verse 3 through 4 says do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Y'all missed it. He says, all of you who were baptized were baptized into his death. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death. In order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. What does that mean? When I'm baptized into Christ, that means whatever happens in Christ happens in me. Christ died, but he didn't stay dead. If we had a believing church, everybody would start shouting. He said he died, but didn't stay dead because he got up. So that means if I have been buried in him, that means if he got up, whatever's in him is also in me. <laughs> y 
you are not the first comeback kid. He is. He is the only one who went down and they thought it was over. But he only slept for three days and got back up and said, I'm getting up because Brandon's going to have to get up. Gim's going to have to get up. Don Trees is going to have to get up. Mel's going to have to get up. Caesar's going to have to get up. Mama Joanne's going to have to get up. Mother Higgins is going to have to get up. Shane is going to have to get up. 2,000 years later and people are still getting up. Just somebody open your mouth and say, I'm still getting up. I'm still getting up. Don't shoot their shout at your grave. Your grave is not the end of your story. I told y'all last week, old grave, where is your sting? It's not over yet. He says he raised them up together. There's a certain power that's on this message. He says he's raised me up raise me up with Christ I'm alive with him then not only that this is the part he says by grace I'm saved by grace I'm saved not by me by grace I'm saved that means I'm completed in Christ I'm complete can we say it out loud I'm complete in Christ someone say it again I'm complete in Christ how am I complete in Christ? I'll give you three ways. One, I'm justified. What does it mean to be justified? Take me to C-sharp. What does it mean to be justified? To be justified means that when I confessed him as my Lord and Savior, that means he removed the guilt from my life. He justified me. What does justified mean? Justified means as if I never did it. justified someone say justified that means that you can't find my history because it's been erased you won't find me in the search engine because I'm not there you won't find me in your browsing history because he took care of it I have been justified someone say I've been justified uh, not only have I been justified but the next thing I've been sanctified Oh, some of y'all don't know. Y'all think it's a church. No. Sanctified means not only did he do a work, but he's still doing a work. Not only, not only did he do a work, but he's still working on me. That means the Holy Spirit is still working on me and changing things in me. We look at someone and say, he's still working on me. He's still working on my heart. He's still working on my mind. He's still working on my habits. He's still working on my issues. So don't you dare say, I'm not coming to church until I find a church that acts right. You ain't gonna never find a church that acts right because he's still working on all of us. He's working on me. He says, I'm justified. He says, I'm justified. Then I'm being sanctified. And then later, I'll be glorified. What does the glorified mean? It means that not only will I have a new body, I'll have a new story. When he resurrected me, he didn't just resurrect me morally, but he will also resurrect me eternally. I'm saying that to say, some of you feel like I can't think right. You got to be raised right. You can't think right if you're not raised right. He says, end up, I'm not talking about your father. I'm not talking about your mother. I'm talking about being in Christ. He says that when he saved me, brought me in, he not only justified me, he not only took care of me. This is the thing about salvation many of you miss. Salvation doesn't just take care of my now. It takes care of my when. Salvation it's the only thing that is also it's not only presently working but it goes back and deletes old files that's so good it is not only presently here but everything I did before is already taken care of a lot of people say stuff like well what about Abraham and what about David and what about all those people who were not here before Jesus they weren't here and they didn't get to confess him 
They believed according to faith. So then when Jesus came, he not only grabbed you. But he said, let me go back and get David. Let me go back and get Abraham. Let me go back and get Noah. Let me go back and get all of them. I don't know if there's anybody in here who can shout that he went back and got your old stuff and did away with it. He did away with it. Someone say he did away with it. He justified me, sanctified me, glorified me. This is the last part and I'm through here. He raised me up. This part I'm through. He raised me up and seated me in heavenly places. He raised me up then he gave me a seat. I want you to look at someone and say, have a seat. He seated me where? In heavenly places. What that means is he put me in a position that no matter when, no matter how much I think about it, it's above me now. No matter what I try to go back to, I can't. Because my seat's too high. If that enemy tries to reach me, it can't grab me because my seat's too high. Someone say, I got a better seat. I got a better seat. It means I have been quickened with him. I have been resurrected with him. And I'm in a place that as long as I'm in him, it can't grab me anymore. I'm through. So how it started was I was naturally rebellious. My mind was wondering, my mind's telling me no. My mind was wondering, all over the place, I'm through. My mind was everywhere, but God, who was rich in mercy, with his great love, with which he loved me, when I was, when I was dead. Do you understand what it means to love a dead person? Y'all might have missed it. For him to love something that couldn't even give life to it. Have you ever looked at a dead corpse? The dead can do nothing for you. But for him to look at my dead state and say they ain't dead. For him to look at me and say he's not finished. He doesn't know there's still life in him. He doesn't know there's still hope in him. So I've got to come down and touch him. I've got to touch him to say there's more to you than dying right now. There's more to you than dying in that. In dying in that state. You can't die here. Someone say I can't die here. I can't die here because there's more. There's more to this story. He goes on. He says. So verse 7 says. So that the coming ages he might show the measurable, the measurable riches of his grace and kindness towards those in Christ Jesus. What does that mean? Every time somebody sees me, everybody who thought I was dead looks and like, how are you still here? And you turn back and you say, he just loves me. He just loves me. It's not, it's not that I wasn't dead, but he didn't let me stay there. It's not that I didn't pin up the programs. It's not that I didn't have who was going to sing the songs. It's not that I didn't have everybody set up. It's not that the mortician and the insurance wasn't paid. All of it was paid. But when it was time for the funeral, God said, not today. He said, you're not dying yet. I've got to make you spiritually alive. I want you to die to the old you. But I want you to live to the new you. How it started versus how it's going. If anybody can celebrate for that message today, come on, put your hands together. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Yeah. I hope it made sense. I hope it made sense. I hope that it made sense. I hope that it made sense for those of you who ever have felt at the point where you feel like giving up. I'm going to tell you, don't give up. Not yet. Don't give up. Take me to F. Don't give up yet. Don't give up. Just look to a few people around you and say, don't give up. Just look at a few people. Just tell them to look at someone. Take me to F. Look to a few people around you. Tell them, don't give up. Tell them, don't give up. It's not the time. If there's anybody in this room, there's anybody in the room who you say, hey, I really need that message. I really needed the place. 
because I, I feel like I've been stuck here. I feel like, I feel like, but I, I, I know there's more than this. If that's you, you're in this room, will you please stand to your feet all over the room? I just want to pray for you. Everyone who felt that was you. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Thank you, sister. Thank you, sister. Thank you. 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 Will you stretch your hands towards everybody who's around you? Great is your mercy toward me, your loving kindness toward me, your tender mercies I see day after day forever faithful towards me and you're always providing toward me great is your mercy towards me great is your grace father i pray for every single person who's watching i pray for every person who's watching my brothers my sisters father i pray <laughs> resuscitate them make them alive shandabaya make them alive put your hand on their heart say live 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 my brother live my sister live my brother live my sister don't give up yet live and see the goodness of the lord strengthen them strengthen everyone who's live strengthen everyone who's watching right now tears streaming down their face it's only a reminder that i'm still alive i'm still living i'm still here and there's more for me to do do it for your glory in jesus name i want to take this time to thank you for your prayers support and generous giving that make this ministry possible for more ways to connect, visit online at growthpointchurch.org. If you've enjoyed today's message, you can like, subscribe, share with your friends, or take a screenshot and share on your social stories and tag us at MyGrowthPoint. Until next time, keep growing.